I know that God is a God of order. We understand that clearly. He is a God of order. That doesn't mean he's a God of our agenda. Sometimes we want him to be a God of our agenda. God fit our plan. We'll tell you what the order of service will be, God, and then you plug in and we'll fit you into our order, Lord. I'll create a church bulletin that tells you everything that we're going to do in order, and then, God, you can come in and fill in the spots here where we've got. Now, I know we don't do that, but you understand I'm giving you an example of how we, we can be people that want to fit God into our thing. I don't want to do that. I really don't. I don't want to do that. I want to. The scripture is clear in John chapter 3 when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus of being born again of water and spirit. He told him about those being born of the spirit. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. And the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus, such are they that are born of the Spirit. Such are they that are born of the Spirit. He wasn't saying, you know, people that are born of the Spirit, they're like the wind. You hear them, but you can't tell where they're coming from or where they're... <laughs> I've met some people, like, you can't tell where they're coming from or where they're going. That's not what the Lord was saying. He was identifying people that were born of the Spirit were willing to move as the Spirit moved. Does that make sense? They were willing to get in tune and fellowship with the Spirit of God, and then they were not locked into their agenda. The Lord governed their life. This is the purpose one of the primary purposes of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so that the Spirit of God begins to lead and govern our life. That's what it is to be born of the Spirit. And then the Spirit begins to, we want the Spirit of God to lead and govern our life. Before I led and governed my life, but then when I yield to the indwelling Spirit of God, I say, I relinquish control. You're on the throne. Now you rule and govern my life. It's the Apostle Paul saying, my life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. A couple other places he said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? He said, hey, you don't belong to yourself anymore. And so, this is the desire of God. And this being born of the Spirit of God is critical. It's critical. Paul said to the church at Rome in chapter 8, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So thereby we understand it's not even enough just to be filled with the Spirit of God. I must not only be filled by, filled with the Spirit, 
I then must be led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That's pretty clear, wasn't it? The wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. Such are they that are born of the Spirit. We're born of the Spirit of God. And what do we do when we go to a place of prayer? We go to connect with Him. Not to pray my list. Now you can understand we have word for with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. We do that. But primarily, prayer is about connecting with God, talking with Him, Him talking with me, getting in tune with the very Spirit of God, and then being led by the Spirit of God. And so I establish this relationship with Him through prayer and His Word. And then the Spirit of God can govern my life and lead me where He chooses through the course of my day, through the course of my thoughts, through the course of choices and actions and decisions. I'm no longer responding to my fleshly desire, but I'm now going to respond to the leading of the Spirit of God in my life. Now, there's not a one of us in this room that gets that right all the time. Okay, so don't beat yourself up like, oh, man. I hope I can get to where that person is. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. We seek to follow after him. And I'll tell you this about being filled with the Holy Ghost and then being led by the Spirit. You're going to miss it some days. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. I'm not talking about sin, you understand? I'm talking about, man, I thought that was God leading me, and that wasn't. It was probably just that burrito I ate. I, it got me funny, and I made a wrong choice. But being filled with the Holy Ghost, we learn through fellowship, we become more and more sensitive to the Spirit of God. More and more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Let me give you an example. We're just going to talk a little bit this morning. Is that all right? Let me give you an example. We see in Acts chapter 3, a story most of us have heard many times, maybe read, that Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, the Bible says. Um, and it says, as they went, as they passed by, there was a man whom they, we don't know who they are in Scripture, God, thank God for they. Whoever this was, there was a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, been born that way, and they didn't want me to keep reading it, so they took it down. <laughs> a certain man lame from his mother's womb, whom they laid daily at the gate called Beautiful. Now, what's interesting about that passage of Scripture right there, that they laid daily at the gate called Beautiful. The reason they laid him at the gate, Beautiful, is because he could not go any further. The gate, Beautiful, they laid him there. Because he couldn't go inside the gate by the law, according to the law, because he was lame. And so because he was lame, he could not get any closer in the temple. The law said 
The gate's as close as you can come because you've got an infirmity in your body. You know, that's why oftentimes there's many people laying outside churches today, especially if you travel internationally. You'll see people begging at the doors of churches. Now, they don't do it because of the law. But this was because of the law. It wasn't because of, well, that's just where people go when they need money. No, he wanted to get near the presence of God. He wanted to worship God. But he couldn't get any closer than the gate. And so here he is, and he's asking alms of people to enter the temple. Verse number 3 says that he saw Peter and John about to go in. And Peter and John said in verse 4, they saw him. He looked at him with John. He told him, hey, look at us. He did. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, and others rise up and walk. And you read the rest of the chapter. They took him by the hand. They lifted him up. He went up dancing and leaping. He went with them into the temple. He was dancing and leaping because he could finally go further than the gate. He could finally go beyond the gate. Now watch. Why did I use this passage of Scripture? Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. Right? I have a question for you. Had Peter and John ever gone to the temple at the hour of prayer before this day? Do you think? I think this was the first time that Peter and John, good Jewish men. Do you think this is the first time these good Jewish men went to the temple at the hour of prayer? No. I think Peter and John went to the temple daily at the hour of prayer. That was the pattern. You with me? Can we agree on that? We okay with that? Not trying to change scripture. But you can read other places where at the hour of prayer. This was something they did. Now, how often was the lame man there? Daily. Isn't that what we read? Whoever they were, thank God for they. They don't get name recognition, but they, whoever they were, they brought him and laid him there daily. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say Peter and John had seen him before. Fair assessment. Peter and John had passed him before. Peter and John, maybe, if he'd had, maybe, just maybe, they'd given him alms before. Maybe. But they'd been to the temple before. And he'd been there at the temple before. And they'd passed him before. What happened? This day that was different than any other day. I'll tell you what happened. Well, some of those days before, I don't know how long it was between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. But we know in Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 2, they received the Holy Ghost. Acts 3, they're walking past him one more time into the temple. And this day, the Spirit of the Lord that was within them 
said, oh, hold on a minute. Don't just pass him by today. The wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. And this day, these spirit-filled men recognize when they pass by and he asked for alms. Peter didn't go, hmm, that's interesting. He'd like money. I haven't any money. But maybe I should stop and pray for him just in case that would be helpful. That's not how it went down. Didn't happen that way. I'm certain of it because I've read the book of Acts. And we see multiple examples of the Spirit of God leading people of God to involve themselves in a situation. I believe it happened just like we read it. They were passing by. And he said alms. And when he said alms, they felt something in their spirit that said, God wants to work right now in this man's life. His word, look on us, arrested their attention, but not their attention intellectually, not their attention just one man to another. His cry for help arrested the attention of the indwelling Spirit of God in those men. And faith rose up in them. And the wind said, right here, this is where I'm at. And Peter and John responded to the need and said, look on us. We don't have silver. We don't have gold. But what we have, we will give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the Spirit of God moved on that man when they took him by the hand. And he rose up and he walked and he went leaping and dancing into the temple. We believe that happened? Absolutely, unequivocally, without a doubt. I believe it with all of my heart. Why didn't... Oh, I have, let me ask you another question. Do you think Jesus ever passed that man? I mean, did Jesus ever go to the temple? You understand, I mean, we know he went to the temple, right? At one point, he told him, he said, why have you come out in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, why have you come to take me like with spears and, you know, like a thief? What are you doing? He said, I was with you daily in the temple. Isn't that what he said? So he must have went to the temple. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Good question. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Wasn't time. Wasn't time. The wind blows where it listeth. We need to understand this scriptural principle as children of God filled with the Spirit of God. I'm not filled with the Spirit of God so I can sing, I've got it, I've got it. I'm filled with the Spirit of God, and I go to a place of prayer to get in communion and fellowship with Him, and then become sensitive to the 
blowing of the wind, if I could dare say it that way. The moving of the Spirit of God. And I seek to be responsive to it. Now, I don't think for a moment. I really don't. I don't think for a moment that Peter and John, when they felt the Spirit of God in them, arrested by the man asking for alms. I don't think for a moment that they stopped. I don't think they got in front of him and made sure they had a crowd and said, in the name of, I don't think they did all that. I really don't. I think they passed by. They were arrested by the spirit of God and they recognized and Peter stopped. I mean, I imagine maybe he reached over and stopped John for a minute. And he said, look on us. And he said, we don't have money, but what we've got, we'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he reached down and took him by the hand and took him and lifted him up. Now, there may have been more, a little less emotion than that. I'm not sure. But you understand, I don't think there was some demonstrative acting out on Peter and John's part. We, we make this about feeling sometimes. It's not about feeling in terms of human feeling and emotion. It's about a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. And a sensitivity to the Spirit of God is really a sensitivity to the voice of God. And so, how do I learn and become sensitive to His voice? Simple. I spend time talking with Him. Not talking to Him. With him. In my place of prayer. In communion with God. Opening his word. Talking. Reading through his word. Meditating on his word. And in prayer. And I become sensitive to the indwelling spirit of God. If I've been baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then I become sensitive to the leading of the spirit of God. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you talk to him right there where you're sitting right now? Would you do that? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I'm not interested in just going through the motion. But you have desired a people that would be sensitive to the leading of your spirit. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Instruct us. Guide us. We humble ourselves before you. We do not have it all figured out. We are waiting on you. We are waiting on you. You are desiring to work in every life, in every heart. You are desiring, willing, and able to reach into the cities where we live and work, the communities, Father. But it takes the sensitivity to the leading of your spirit, Lord. The leading of your spirit, Lord. And so we submit and we wait to... We seek to fellowship you, your spirit, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We fellowship you and your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. What a question. How old do you have to be before you can be sensitive to the Spirit of God? 13, 18, 22, 70. <laughs> How old do you got to be? How old do you have to be before you can hear the voice of God? I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking Samuel was probably five, maybe six, maybe seven. I don't know. Samuel may have been even younger than that. He heard the voice of God. Now, here's the thing. Because he was so young, he didn't understand it was the voice of God. And so he needed a man of God to tell him and help him understand. Ah, you're hearing from God. Next time you hear that, this is how you respond. And so Samuel, at an early age, Samuel learned, God's willing to talk with me. That's the character of God. So no matter our age, he's willing to talk with us. I'll tell you a story. I'm finishing here. Lord's trying to teach you something. I was a... I I spent a, a few days... Uh, with a group of people in a, we set aside a time of prayer and fasting and uh, sort of our last day together there uh, after a few days. And I was, I was praying in the front of this building where we were at. And I was down on the floor just on my knees, had my face in my hands, just talking to the Lord. I sort of shut everybody else out there. On this last night, there were probably, I don't know, maybe 300 people. Most of the week had been about 110 of us. Anyway, I'm, I'm there praying on the floor, just alone with God. I was having... I was enjoying my time with God. I felt the Spirit of the Lord dealing with my heart, talking with me, dealing with me, the word that had been shared. And someone came up and began praying for me. Uh, They put both of their hands on my back and began to pray. Uh, There was a lot of people praying around me. I, I couldn't really hear them very distinctly, uh, but they begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And clearly, they begin to enter into something in the Spirit as they were praying for me, and it, it consumed and convicted. It was doing a work in my heart and my spirit. There was something happening in my life as they were praying for me, and uh, I, I began to intercede, and they just kept praying, and about the time they'd start letting up, I'd be, I don't know if you've ever been in a place of prayer where it feels like you're having, now us men can't relate, this is what I imagine it to be, I don't, um, forgive me Sister Eureka, I don't know if you've ever been in this place where you feel like you're experiencing birth, birth pains, like right, in, like it feels like your whole, for me it felt like my whole inside was just getting twisted and turned and it was 
with everything I could. But there was this deep groaning of the Spirit of God that was taking place. And they would pray, and they would, they would pray under, clearly they were praying under the anointing of the Spirit. And when they, when they would sort of, I don't know if they were taking a break or wait on the Lord, when they would let up a little bit, I would feel, and, and man, then they'd go back into praying again. God's going to kill me. <laughs> because every time they would yield to the Holy Ghost and pray, the Holy Ghost would take me somewhere in prayer. And I, I was witnessing this. And it's like, my goodness. This went on for a little bit. And I finally, they, they, were, they were done. The Lord had finished using them. They, I was like, dear Lord. Well, when, when it was done... And we finished, I got up, I was, I was asking, like, man, who, who prayed with me? Who? I wanted to thank them, appreciate them for what the Lord had done in me. Well, they pointed, they pointed out this, this boy named Isaac that was 10 years old that had been praying with me. 10, maybe 11 at the time. I remember, here's how we are. I remember, I'm going to go talk to Isaac. Whatever that 10-year-old's got going on. Well, we know what was going on. It was the Spirit of God in a young life that didn't have all these preconceived ideas about how God should work and had to work and was simply willing to yield to the Spirit of God in their lives. He had been filled with the Holy Ghost, and so he was willing at 10 years old to yield to the Holy Ghost in his life. And pray accordingly. He didn't have any idea about, oh, I'm super spiritual. That's why I'm praying for this man. See, that's what happens when we've had the Holy Ghost a while. Maybe God used us a few times. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really spiritual. You get out of the way. I'll pray for him. (laughs) Showing how spiritual we're not. Because the Holy Ghost that prays through us, not us. And so I, I wanted to go talk to this boy. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You can relate, right? God just used somebody to mightily pray for you, and you clear witness of the Holy Ghost. I want to go talk to them. Whatever they got, I want more of it. You want to talk about having my bubble burst. Well, Lewis, I went up. I tracked him down. I went up talked to him. You know who I was talking to? A 10-year-old boy. He had done moved on, man. True story. He done moved on. Oh, yeah, okay. Where's my friend? <laughs> Service was over. We're done. He's going to play. He is done with you. He was he a 10-year-old boy. He wasn't over there going, oh, man, that was mighty, wasn't it? Wasn't, wasn't it powerful what God did? I did oof, I'm just over here basking in the presence of God. I'm being a little facetious, but this is sort of what we do sometimes. He was a vessel filled with the Spirit of God that yielded to the Spirit of God in him at 10 years old. See, we get in our own way the older we get because we get a lot going on up here. But the wind blows where it listeth. The wind blows where it listeth. The Spirit of God is not a respecter of persons. The Spirit of God is not a respecter of age. 
if you'll yield to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God will use a child that's five or an adult that's 105. Doesn't matter. We're just the vessel. We're just the vessel. We have to stop qualifying people. And we got to stop qualifying or disqualifying ourselves. We really struggle with disqualifying ourselves, but sometimes we're too good about qualifying ourselves. Well, here's why I should be the one God uses. No, no, no. No qualifiers, no disqualifiers. We yield to follow after the Spirit of God. Now, understand, there's guidelines in the Word of God. There's parameters given us in relationship with God. I'm not talking about being loosey-goosey. And you understand, God is a God of order. We got to learn. We got to learn a sensitivity to the Spirit and to be willing to move as He moves. And more often than not, 99.999% of the time, it's not in the building, it's out there. And we get really good at wanting to learn and practice in the building. But we go about our day on our jobs, walking through a store, and we're not, we just got to learn. I want to be sensitive. I want to be sensitive. I want to be sensitive. Amen? In Jesus' name. Would you talk to the Lord about that right now? I think we're done talking about that, but would you talk with the Lord about that? He wants to use every single one of us in this room. He desires to and will use every single one of us that will yield to Him. That says, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, use me. I submit to your spirit and to your word. I submit to your instruction and your direction. I trust you today, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. In Jesus' name.